Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and I am joined, as always, by my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Andy, we're a couple of days out of Thanksgiving. How was your How was your Thanksgiving there in the Bluegrass State? Fat and sassy is what it was. <laughs> Fat and sassy. Uh, we had a small gathering. Uh, a doctor, wife, sister, and husband and daughter came down. Um, so you all had it at your house? Yeah, yeah. They came to our house. Uh, her mother and and stepdad were supposed to come, and some things happened. Just pure ridiculousness. Um, but they they ended up not coming. So it was just the seven, four and three, seven of us. Yeah. Um, and so they got here early Thanksgiving morning and stayed till Saturday. Um, my wife, when I tell you that that woman knows how to cook a bird, sweet Moses. Like I ate way more turkey than I should have. <laughs> well, it's the day to do it. And then, and then just so you can make fun of me on uh good friday uh the four of us went and played some pickleball at, a, at one of our local parks and uh, ended up the kids wanted to play so we let them play and i stood out and then i got picked up by another set of three they were like hey we need a fourth you want to play with us so i i played a couple matches with uh with an older couple and their somebody in their family did you buy gear Oh, buddy, I've had gear. So it's funny because I've been embarrassed to tell you this that I've been fixing the buy gear. Oh, I've been looking at it, but yeah. I've not shared it with you. Dr. Wife is going to be so like, so we started at Agape. Um, they had the last Friday of the month. We, you know, they played pickleball and I swore. I didn't I'd, know you played out there. Well, I swore I'd never play. And then, right. I don't know, maybe the last six months we were there, I went and. Well, the first time we went, we borrowed somebody's gear. We're like, we didn't know what we're doing. And so we played and we left. And Ashley's like, that's awesome. I love it. And bought gear like that night. And so, no, we love, we don't play a lot because there's just two of us. Um, And really, time is crazy right now. But no, we love it, man. I mean, I'm not going pro anytime soon. But uh, if the old people want to pick me up, I'm in. Some deep revelations here. So I'm excited. <laughs> when we visit, we'll go play the pickleball. We will. There's a there's a ton of courts over here. So yeah, it's it's exploding. So not to interrupt and and but yeah. So that was my thing. How was yours? You did some traveling. So you went. Somewhere. I did. I uh, I celebrated Thanksgiving in the Republic of Texas. Uh, um, it was good. I I spent some time with family out in the woods. Chad, I mean. It rained. Uh, it rained and rained. So we 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 did get a. My dad pulled out a, a basically a flamethrower so we could get a fire going in the bonfire pit. Um, ate with my brother between Texas and Kentucky. I feel like, um, except they they were a sovereign nation, and they keep reminding you, and they have better Mexican food. But, well, that. But I mean, you bring you know, it's nothing to see a flamethrower around here, like. No, but my dad did that. And, you know, we had Thanksgiving at my at my brother, my sister-in-law's, and it was great hanging out with my niece, my nieces, rather. And then um, my sister was going to come. She she lives out there, too, but she had a, a family situation to deal with, uh, to take her out of state. And so um, it was great. We just kind of hung out with my with my brother and my sister-in-law and, and my dad and 
fed the cows and, you know, just told stories and had two turkeys on Thanksgiving. Yes. So one, one fried, one smoked. Dude, deep fried turkey is legit. So I got to tell you this. My brother bought an infrared deep fryer. So it's basically like an air fryer. It's basically a, a, a safer deep fryer because you're not using oil. Okay. And it is legit. Is it? Like I'm, I'm going to get one. Like it is legit, and without you know, it's propane. You hit, you hook up a propane tank, but there's no oil. You don't have to worry about. And basically, like uh, when my brother came up a few years ago, maybe about ten years ago, I made a beer can turkey for Thanksgiving that I smoked on a on a tall smoker, and so we did the same thing in a deep fryer, and you don't have to worry about it. You know, I always you still got to pop it, but we don't have to worry about it exploding or whatever. And it, it, it was great to sit around it. It also radiated heat in the, you know, in a 45 degree pouring down rain. Texas Thanksgiving is a, it's a little cold. Yeah. It's been chilly here. So Dr. Wife kind of giggled when I told her where you were at, because, you know, I've never met your dad. Yeah. But I feel like I have a relationship with Chad's dad uh, because of the voice. Oh yeah, my my dad. I, I my dad has no idea that I can uh, imitate him pretty darn well. I mean, of is that legit? Him or is that just being stupid? <laughs> no, it's legit. <laughs> that makes like I, I, I'm fairly certain I could call people and pretend I'm him, and they wouldn't know. Oh, I'm so excited about that because I'll start talking like that, and then if I go long enough, like more than four or five sentences, I can't stop for a while. And so Dr. Wife will just be like, Chad's dad, go home. If my dad left voicemail messages, I'd play it for you, but that's not a thing for him. <laughs> I feel like that's a generational thing because my, my, my papal rarely leaves a voicemail. Yeah, my dad's not leaving a message, that's for sure. He's like, we didn't have, we didn't have voicemail in Vietnam. I ain't leaving no messages. <laughs> Chad's dad, ladies and gentlemen. So as we, I'm, 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 and my dad, I guarantee to you, is not a friend of the show. Not he, not doesn't, even, sure. he doesn't even know what a podcast is. Not, but I guarantee you, if I ever come on, I would refer to him as friend of the show, Chad's dad. Wouldn't call him Mister McCool. I think if I we could have a relationship, and his name for the rest of my life will be forever, Chad's dad. He's a good old he's a good old Southern boy. You gotta call him John Curtis. <laughs> John Curtis. Oh, the middle name. Uh-huh. Yeah, that happens. See, no, because I mean if my first name comes out, followed by my full middle name and not just Andy, like I'm not listening, I'm running because I'm about to get beat by someone much older than me. So that's that's my good Southern boy. Or 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 your wife's had enough. Or my wife's had enough. Yeah, Dr. Wife, God love her. She's had enough. Yeah. I, I watched a uh I watched the Duck Dynasty repeat last night. I love that show. It's one of the later ones. So Jason's launching launch fireworks in his driveway and all I'm looking at it is like, don't you remember the HOA that promise? Yeah. And his wife comes out and she's like, Jason Silas. And I'm like, oh, he's in trouble. <laughs> and you notice that it wasn't just him that stopped. Everybody stopped. Oh yeah. He got he got the he got the correct name and the middle name like oh yeah he, he that boy's in trouble. Mason, uh, our youngest, every so often 
he'll remember that that I have another name. <laughs> Not just dad or Andy. And but then he can never remember if Carl is my first or my middle name. And so like I'll I'll get on to Ashley, you know, Dr. Wife, and I'll I'll say her full name. Or, you know, my my kids for the longest time, I'm pretty sure my oldest thought his name was hyphenated because I just always called him by his first and middle name. Um, he got in trouble a lot when he was little. But so then then the youngest, he's like, uh, Daddy, Andy, Carl, do you stop? <laughs> and I was like, two out of three. <laughs> Andy's not my God-given name, bro. <laughs> and then you tell him that, and he's like, what? Like, I told my niece, she was asking what my middle name was. And I was like, oh, it's Andrew. And she's like, your name is Andy Andrew? That's stupid. And I was like, <laughs> um... Yeah, Andy's not my name. And she's like, yes, it is. I call you Uncle Andy. And I was like, you've been living a lie, kid. And then she got real confused and looked at her dad. And he was like, nah, probably. <laughs> like, I can't. I can't. And she went to bed. She was, she was done. So uh, what? So let's, let's talk thankfulness. And then I want to, I, I really, I have a deep conversation for us to get into. But right. uh, had a good Thanksgiving. I had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, the papper, he came down for lunch uh, on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So that was exciting. Got to see him. You know, what are some things you were thankful for this year? I think we spent a lot of time talking uh, about the turkey. And then at church, we give the stereotypical answers like, aren't you thankful for Jesus? And of course we are. The Sunday school answers. Like, I don't want I answers i want real life what are you, are we because I, I know you're thankful for jesus like it's not to, to take that away from anything but what what are we what are we thankful for this year man i, I preached psalm 23 as a thanksgiving sermon two yeah. sundays ago and that yeah. went over i think some people were a little weirded out by that did you like that? did you pull the youth pastor and bring up props and just have a tombstone on your <laughs> You you obviously do not know me. No, I know. I would look if you ever I, preach at your church. <laughs> props. I just need you to be aware. So if I ever preach with props, there's terrorists behind the Baptist tree <laughs> with guns pointed at my head. That's 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 your safe word. Like you know that that it's going down if there's props. The only prop I've ever used are palm leaves on Palm Sunday. Man, I put a whole thing on luggage on stage one time. And yeah, everybody in no. the guy was like, moving? <laughs> like, no, props. And for what? Oh, sorry. I'll ask you this. Did Spurgeon use props? I wasn't there. Oh, semantics. I'm guessing not, but can you prove it? He hated the theater. And <laughs> theater uses props, so. Jesus used props. Did he? Chapter and verse. That man cursed a fig tree. Walked by it. It was there. He cursed it. Oh. Not a prop. He just uses divinity to prove a point. It was it was a visual parable. What is a prop? A visual parable. <laughs> oh. I just Apparently, I'm thankful for you, and I can't remember why. Because I'm a visual <laughs> parable. 
No, I'm thankful for a bunch of things. I, I think, you know, I don't know. And at some point, maybe I'll get the courage to talk about some of this stuff on on future episodes. But I, I've come through I've come through some pretty hard season the last three years or so. And uh, and God's been so good to me through that time and and really and, and humbled me. And, and while it's not over and it's still a painful season at times and I but I, I'm so grateful just for what God's done for me and the people that God's put in my life. Like you, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for you and thankful for you and, and, and other folks and folks that you and I both know and share and maybe share the same thankfulness for. Um, I was really thankful for the opportunity to go down and see my dad, um, you know, and just, and just spend some time with him, spend some time with my nieces, um, get to do some of my, my favorite things in Texas that I've missed, which um, when I say favorite things, it revolves around food. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it was it was it's good, and I and I am I, ultimately I, I'm 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 pretty thankful. I mean, I'm very thankful for the fact that I do have folks in my life and men like you that you know. I mean, granted, I you know you've you've seen me. And, and were a rock for me at one of the lowest times of my life. I mean, I can't say that, you know, I, I, I you know, I'm a grown man and you're a grown man and, and, I, and I sobbed on your shoulder, you know, and I, and I, that holds a really special place in my heart. And I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for you. And I thought about, you know, over Thanksgiving, I was thinking about Jonathan and David and a the relationship they had. And why is it so hard for us to admit that we have, you know, or why does society make it so hard that you can have a legitimate, intimate relationship with another man that isn't sexual or romantic, you know? And, and I'm grateful to the fact that I have two of you. You know, I have others, and I think that we know some mutual friends that I think fall in that category, but I have two of you that I've known for a long time that I can share just the worst things, the deepest things and walk alongside with. And I think the one thing that I, I love about my relationship with you is that you're the other, the other friend I have in my life. We could call friend of the show, Alex. Um, friend of the show, Alex. Shout out. Is that your, you know, you're, you, we have a Christian brotherhood and that, I'm not going to take that away that that changes my relationship with Alex, but I think it's, it's a different plane of things that I can share. And it's a different level of understanding between you and I and both being a ministry um, that really helps at times, you know, where Alex, get, Alex definitely has more of a secular view. Yeah, no, and I, I I'm going to echo that, you know, I'm definitely thankful for you. You've kind of walked with me when I kind of not questioned my faith, but like started rethinking my faith. Right. Not so much faith, but what I believe as far as scripture teaches and everything. And so you kind of walked with me through that and all that good jazz. So that's that was awesome. But I, I tell you, I sent it and I'm grateful to be back home. Right. Living in, in western Kentucky and, um, you know, 25 minutes from from where I grew up and can go to my happy place essentially whenever I want right my 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 favorite place in the world but uh some of the people i'm thankful for the most um is is also the hardest because i don't see them like i used mm -hmm. to. you know mm -hmm. 
for lack of a better term, I would always tell them this and they just shake their head, but my babies, right? My my group from Terre Haute, um, there was nine of them. I mean, we were just, just stupid close. Um, and so I sent them a text this week, or not this week, last week. And uh, I told them, I was like, you know, I may not, I may not see you near as much as I used to, but I said, man, I, I'm definitely thankful for you guys. And I think most youth pastors will tell you that um, no group is any other, any more special than any other group. And I'll, I'll leave that there because I, I subscribe to that, but those kids, and you know, I, I was in ministry with kids and youth for about almost, so I was in Terre Haute for 12 years. And almost that entirety of time, I worked with students. Right. And so, you know, and I, I have two kids of my own, you know, uh, but I, there for a while, people are like, oh, how many kids do you have? And I'd be like, mm, like 17, 25, right? If you look at all of the kids that I had in youth group in those, those 12 years, 25, 30 kids that were, you know, and there were more, but the ones that really came and poured in and I poured into, and I mean, I still have a relationship with a good majority of those. And so definitely thankful for those and those relationships and those families. So yeah, other- I know well, it's good stuff. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I think some of the things is, yeah, maybe you don't have a favorite group. And, and I think, I think when I was a youth pastor, I still think about a group that I had when I was a youth pastor in Texas that I, I think those are the kids that had the biggest impact on me um, more so than I had on them. But, you know, I'm really blessed that I'm leading this young adult ministry at the church that I serve in now. And, and some of them, I was their youth pastor at this church. And this one, this one young woman, I, I won't use her name because I'll embarrass her like crazy, but she sent me a text on Thanksgiving that really like almost brought me to tears. And she was like, hi, Chad. Happy Thanksgiving. This is cheesy. haha. But I am so grateful God put you back in my life. You're awesome. I hope you have a great day. And and that meant the world to me because like I I know some of the struggles she's going through and, and you know, some issues she's having faith wise and stuff like that. And I just, you know, I, I don't it's not an ego boost by any means, but I think sometimes in ministry as a as a vocation, um you know, you don't get the attaboys or, you know, that, that probably sounds prideful, but I, I think it was nice to just hear that. I, Cause sometimes you hear a lot more to negative than you hear to positive and to hear from somebody that I've gotten through to, I think that was a big deal for me. No, and I, I was great. I was grateful for, for that group that I have now. No, I wholeheartedly agree with the, the attaboy thing. Like it's not necessarily that we need them. It's not necessarily that, that I, I crave them. No, but, but it's nice to know. They're good to hear from time to time. Absolutely, absolutely. So no, it was a it was a good Thanksgiving. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to you know now we're 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 knee deep in the Christmas season and Advent. So I got to ask you, Andy. Um, I know the answer to this, and and you know and you know how, you know how I feel about this. So when did Christmas start for you? So look, it was different this year because I was gone. From October to mid-November, right? So things, 
didn't happen exactly like I would want them. But if you were in the car with me on November 1st, <laughs> I wouldn't have been. And you you probably would have hated it. I would have had you leave me on the side of the road. Driving down the interstate with two co-workers um, in LaGrange, Kentucky, the middle of nowhere. Hey, I've been to LaGrange. Turning, turning into to prison grounds. Mariah Carey got thought out and they started playing All I Want for Christmas is You. And when I tell you I pulled up to the guard shack at that prison with it cranked and two of the three of us both being male and the female in the back shaking her head, dancing and singing along. Yeah. Christmas season started for Andy when they unthawed Mariah Carey. So this is this would be a great debate where we could be divided over Christmas stuff. So Christmas doesn't really start for me till the day after Thanksgiving. I, I don't think Christmas songs should be played. And I'm a I'm of a mindset that I don't want to hear any new Christmas songs. I don't think we should listen to any Christmas songs recorded probably after like 1970. And basically, if they're all sung by Frank Sinatra or other members of the Rat Pack, as far as secular Christmas songs, I'm good with that. I don't need to hear anybody else. You're a curmudgeon, man. I want I want old. I want new. I want all smoke. Man. I want it all. I mean, I have listened to nonstop. Like that's all I've listened to is Christmas music since November first. I have dabbled, but I have a very uh... come into my office. Right, we got back. Uh, so graduated November tenth. That was a Thursday. So whatever that next Monday is, the fourteenth maybe. Um, the Monday before my birthday, I was in the office and somebody poked their head in and they were like, man, can we just eat the bird first? And my, exactly. re- my response was the same thing I said to you. I'm sorry that I just want to love and celebrate Jesus all year round. <laughs> so Christmas is Christmas. I've always, Thanksgiving has always been my favorite holiday. Is it? I think you're lying. No, I'm not. Um, I've always loved Christmas and Christmas music uh, because generally in that time, everybody's just happy, or at least that's the way I saw things as a kid. But Thanksgiving was the time that, that I got to get together with family and just hang out and I could listen to stories because mm-hmm. my grandmother's side of the family was huge and we would all get together for Thanksgiving and there was no gifts and no like agendas. It was, we're literally going to eat yeah. so I could listen Dude. to my grandmother. And her siblings and my mother and her siblings tell stories where I could then make fun of my mother for a year. Ah, yes, the fodder. And stories that I shouldn't necessarily know, but because me and my cousin were uber sneaky and could make it, I mean, we'd eavesdrop like we were a KGB man. And so, like, I always loved Thanksgiving, but Christmas for a while was hard. Um, you know, my grandmother was my person in life, no matter what happened. Uh, she was the one that I would call. Um, I talked to her literally every day. Um, and she died in 2016 on Christmas Day. It was actually, right. if I'm not mistaken, that was the last time Christmas was on a Sunday. Um, oh, wow. Okay. And so, that sounds about right. Um, and, I, you know... I, so I still have a hard time going to going to my home church because of that. But 
Um, and so for a couple of years after that, man, Christmas is rough. I didn't want to celebrate it. Like I put on the fake happiness for my kids. Yeah. Uh, but this year it just hit me and it was like, man, this was, this was Memo's favorite time. And this is not about her and it's not about me. It's about, it's about, you know, Jesus. So quit being such a curmudgeon, quit being a Chad, if you will. Um, so, and- uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a curmudgeon per se. I just, I, I've had I've struggled with secular Christmas since I was a child. Like I've been Charlie I've been Charlie Brown, and I and I like it. So right now I do have a tree, and and, and shout out to friend of the show Alex. I was I'm really proud. I think this is a victory because I beat him. My tree is up before his too. Oh, and the inside joke is that Alex is Jewish and has two Christmas trees that he puts up every year so i i feel like that's a personal moral victory that i've beaten him with my christmas tree but i haven't had a tree in probably three or four years this is the first year we've like decked the halls at our house so um we have four trees yeah <laughs> um, you're you're a basic white girl now hold on we have one in the sitting room we have one in the living room <laughs> both boys have one in their room they're like the small little desk trees so i learned that last night talking to some young adults about the the I have the one the young woman that texted me that when I read you on Thanksgiving, she has a she lost track, but we counted about eight trees in her house, and everybody in their bedroom has a tree, and yep. they've had it since they were kids. Yep, that's a thing, I guess. I mean, that doctor wife started that with the boys, but um, and then we have what is it? Is it garland? Is that what you like? The string yep. looks like a tree. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's on the banister coming down the stairs. We have memos and nativity scene above the fireplace and some like pictures hanging. Like it and um my my friend who's Jewish, um, who also is like celebrates Christmas with a passion. Um her her mother last year made us some Christmas gnomes, not elves, they are gnomes. Um and some like Christmas trees out of yarn and stuff like that. And so we have those up and it's it's pretty sweet. Well, I think that Christmas, right, secular Christmas, at least in our lifetime, I mean, they, they've they completely removed Jesus from secular Christmas altogether now. So it's really just a time to shop and give gifts and listen to bad Mariah Carey songs and make her richer than she is. Is it a bad song? Yes. Possibly. As far as songs are concerned. But what you just need to feel a little more festive and you need that adrenaline rush. And it's like, you know, when Mark McGuire needed to hit that home run, he took the shot or Barry Bonds, they 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 rubbed the cream or whatever they did. Like sometimes Barry, I, Barry was cream. Mark was taking shots of Andrew. That, that's why <laughs> I use both. Calm down there, Scooter. But like sometimes you just need that shot of adrenaline or steroids or or PEDs in your life, and you're just like, you know what, you you are my PED. I'm just going to just say this right now that the hillbilly and the hipster does not recommend using steroids or PED in any capacity, unless it's Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you, and then use it until your heart explodes. So I think for uh, a future episode through this Christmas season. Um, we're each going to come with our top five Christmas songs. Oh, I guarantee, you, so, yeah, I guarantee you mine are not from the 20th century, let alone the 21st. 
Yours might be back when Spurgeon was around. Before. Oh my goodness. I think I think my favorite is written by John Wesley. I, there's a joke in there, but we're gonna hold off. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll work on that list because now are we talking secular Christmas music or we want like actual Christmas music? I'm not a fan of secular Christmas music. I mean, to me, to me, secular Christmas music is like I'm I'm down for silver bells. I'm down for like have yourself a merry little Christmas. And like I said, like the have yourself a merry little Christmas, it's gotta be like the Frank Sinatra version, and it literally brings tears to my eyes. Um Can I not, tell you something without you judging me? Absolutely. So I've heard the name so many times. You have no idea who Frank Sinatra is. I just when, uh, I, when I hear someone talk about Frank Sinatra, uh, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to rein this back in to get some kind of Christianity back into this. But like when I hear, I just think it's some mob guy. You like, dang millennials in in New York. So anyway, let's 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 rein this back in, shall we? Um, we'll come out of the Christmas rabbit hole. Uh, well, I mean, we'll just admit that I was right with putting my trees up early, and you were wrong for being a snowflake. Okay, but you know what? I have a tree. You yeah. have you have fake petroleum-based Chinese-made artificial things, and okay. I have a real tree because I love Jesus and I love God's creation. You don't know that my trees are fake. I know they're fake. I saw the pictures. They most certainly are fake, but <laughs> there's a reason behind that. One. I'm not manly enough to go chop a tree down because I don't like getting my hands dirty. You know, the more we do this, the more I realize that maybe you are the hillbilly. I, I told you this from the beginning. I'm the hillbilly and you're the hipster. I'm a hillbilly with a hipster haircut and I like fancy coffee. And two, um, yeah, I just, they scare me. But well, that's another episode. That's another episode. Christmas. All right. We'll suss that out. We're in the tree. <laughs> We'll suss out real versus artificial trees and, and why why real trees scare Carl Crow. That's right. So we uh, please please don't use my government name. <laughs> so I think we've we both made mention that like you you used an unusual scripture for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I use an unusual story for the first week of advent only because i was doing pulpit fill um and low-key forgot that this was the first week of advent um yeah. but i made it work um but let's let's look at advent for a second and this may be something that we touch on on a, a few episodes but absolutely so suss out for us um what so what is advent for those who might not know I mean, in a nutshell, Advent means, you know, it's a season when you think about back in the age of antiquity, when you think about the end of Malachi, right, that that blank page in most of your Bibles between Malachi and Matthew represents 400 years of silence. Um, There were no prophets. Now, God wasn't, God was still working. But they didn't hear from God, and they were, you know, they're waiting. They were waiting for the Messiah. Um, and and I think Advent, you know, and you may come from a tribe or a background where Advent seems high church, you know. And and I I think I 
I think as a pastor, I've tried to, I don't know if this is right, wrong, or different, but I've tried to, to take high church and put it in a low church setting. Um, but I think it's a good time for us to have a heart check because we are in the season of Advent, right? We're waiting, we're waiting for the second Advent, right? We're waiting for Christ's return. And so it's a, it's a time of hopefulness for the Messiah to come, you know, in that first week being hope, right? The, the, you know, basically Advent in, encompassing the, the things of hope, peace, joy, and love, and really in just waiting that waiting for the Messiah to come. And, and I think for a lot of us, we look at it as a nostalgic thing and maybe we'll sing, maybe your church might sing, Oh, come and come Emmanuel the first week. And maybe you have a Advent wreath. Maybe you don't, maybe you're lighting candles. Maybe you don't, maybe you look at it as being big C Catholic. Um, but I think it's a season for us, just like Lent, whether you practice Lent or not, but it's a season, you know, both the season before Christmas, the season before Resurrection Sunday, that it's time for us to have a heart check, you know, built into the calendar to see where we are with Christ, see where we are with the Lord. Um, well, you know, have we strayed? I don't think we do those heart checks enough, if, I, if I'm being honest. No, I and mean, you think the church calendar is built in with two, right? And you, you go to the doctor at least once a year if you're healthy, you know, for your checkup, you know, the average person, or at least we should. And so God's through these seasons, right? God's given us two times to really step back and look at where we are um, and and where we need to be. And, and, you know, do we need to get back into his word? Do we need, you know, what's our prayer life look like? What's What's our spiritual heart check? And you're absolutely right. I, I think we should be doing this probably daily, but you know, I, I think a lot of us we pass this off we pass this off as this sort of old school or you know, I, I don't want to be in a liturgical church, so I'm not gonna do it. And you, you light some candles and it's kind of cool and you you sing these old songs, but I really want to sing jingle bells and all I want for Christmas is you. Yeah, yeah, it's a good song, man. It's a banger. But, so what's that been for you? Like, what this, this, I mean, did you, I mean, I, I grew up, I grew up Catholic. And so Advent had a piece in that. And then I, I you know, I, now I'm, being Baptist, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm Reformed. And so I, I do have a love for, I have a love for Orthodoxy and, and, you know, and things like Advent, I, and, and it's hard. My my church, my body, they're like, "What? Why is he lighting these candles?" And so I'm not preaching an Advent series. I mean, right now I've been in, in Ruth, and the way the schedule works, I'll preach one Advent sermon prior to Christmas. But we're still going through Advent things on Sundays. And last Sunday, you know, I lit the first candle, and we had a we had a talk about it. We sang "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel." So. So I became active in the church um, and, a, and a believer uh, in sixth grade. So what is that? Somewhere like 90, 98, maybe? Um, no. No, 98, I was in middle school. 97, I was in sixth grade. Um, the, the January of 97 is when I accepted Christ. Um or was it 96? I think it was 97. Anyway, we're splitting hairs there. Uh, but 
and from that point on, and I, I started taking my faith real serious um, in high school. Um, you know, you call me the young, the Reverend Bobby Hill. Um, but I, I don't remember growing up Advent being a big thing. And then no, I, it, in your circles, I wouldn't see it at all. And it's become popular, it, I would yeah, say, it, in the last it, 10 or 15 years. But, but at, at that time frame where you lived, Advent's not a thing for you at all. And then when we moved to Iowa, um, wasn't in a Southern Baptist church. We were in a Baptist church, but uh, again, we weren't there during Christmas time uh, with my wife's job and, and my job at the time because I was a student and and had vacation time saved up when I was running in Arby's there in Cedar Falls or as an assistant manager at Arby's. Um, we left early December and were gone for three or four weeks um, visiting family. Uh, so... Uh, back in in Kentucky and Indiana, so again, Advent wasn't a thing. I, Advent didn't become a thing for me um, until I got with Bryce. Um, you know, I, I've been to a few Christmas Eve services, um, but Advent and and I think to me now, looking at it, um, I love the Advent season. Yeah, me too. I, I love the. So as a student pastor, and I was lucky enough to be able to to organize the the Advent series the last few years at, at my past church, um, and so I would always have families come up with small children, and I would, you know, I would be like, "All right, here's the verses you're going to read. Here's kind of what what you can say. You can make it your own." Um, and I'd always be like, Hey, if the kids can read the verse, that's awesome. Because the little old people in the back, they just, they, they eat that stuff up. Absolutely. Um, but, and so I, I love that aspect because it shows that children in a young age, even though they may not understand, they still have that hopeful anticipation. Now they may not know what that hopeful anticipation is yet, but they, they still have that anticipation. And, and for me now as a dad, um, I just, the anticipation of the, the coming of the Messiah, the second coming, um, it, it, I look at it different, like this waiting phase that we're in. Yeah. Sometimes I almost think that like, man, like when God was silent for all those years looking at some of the events going on in society now, it's like, I get it. Right. But there's that that waiting and so this this first week of advent was hope um and i i got to like i said i got to do the pulpit fill um for a church here that i've been to three or four times um and so i was excited to be back with them and i preached i believe it's mark seven and i don't remember the exact verses but it was where jesus kind of wanted to hide but the woman showed up anyway and she was like hey mm -hmm. uh, daughter's sick with a demon um, and she just wouldn't shut up. And so then Jesus used the parable about, well, you know, it's not right to feed the dogs before the children. And she's like, yeah, but even the dogs eat the crumbs. And she had that just unquestionable hope that she knew who he was. And she, and, and the, what makes that story even better, she wasn't Jewish. She was, 
she was a Syrophoenician woman. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she, a Greek, had this the same hope, and I would even say a stronger hope in faith than the twelve. I want to. I want that, right? I want to be able to have that same hope that that woman had that Jesus was going to send those demons out of her daughter. And so, you know it, looking at Christmas, and sure, like everybody pictures Jesus on Christmas as that little eight-pound baby laying in a manger, right? The the, the six the six-month-old newborn. Yeah, and then I picture you know Jesus. I like my Jesus in the tuxedo shirt, you know, from Ricky Bobby. Right? We all have our different interpretations of Jesus. But when you think about it, like I'm not waiting for a baby this time. Right? I'm I'm waiting for a king. Well, and they weren't waiting for a baby either. You know, that's the that's the irony, right? They were <laughs> waiting, they were waiting for you know, I, I, I'm not trying to mock it, but they were waiting for like nine foot Jesus who shot lasers out of his eyes. If that was something they could comprehend, but they were looking for a slayer, right? And it's coming. I mean, they got a slayer, but they were he's not he wasn't the right slayer for them at the moment. No, absolutely. But I mean, I think if we look at Christmas now, especially from uh, a casual believer is what we'll call them. Mm-hmm. They still are are waiting on baby Jesus, like because that's what we've read in the scriptures came first, and and I think we've watered down the gospel so much because well, we I think in people, that I, I think that that I think we are waiting on that this timid baby, and but that's not where my hope is, right? Like my hope is the coming King. To, to conquer and to to bring justice and mercy. So do you think that the the secular songs that dabble or even the soft the soft faithful songs at Christmas and nativity scenes like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say nativity scenes are wrong. I, I have some and, and I have a love-hate relationship with nativity scenes, but I think nativity scenes have softened what really happened that day. Um, you know, this lowborn king Right, he's born. Nativity scenes make it pretty, you know, with the animals are there and Mary's in her flowing robes, and there's this six-month-old newborn who's fat and happy and blonde and blue-eyed. And the fact is, like, the animals are so calm. You go back to Justin Martyr around that time in in the the first and second centuries, and they, you know, those stables were caves. That they used, and even the manger. You know, we talk about manger, and that sounds like a really, it's a really nice word. It's a, it's a feeding trough that's full of bird feces and dried saliva and old food. And this girl, and she's a girl. She's fifteen. Had to put at the most, she's fifteen, based on on just the way life was in the age of antiquity. She she's putting this baby in filth. I mean, he's he's laying in feces. First of all, you don't even think. I mean, you and I have a better chance of getting drafted next year into the NFL than Jesus fulfilling eight of the prophecies, and he fulfilled way more than eight. Mm-hmm. And and so we, you know, not only was Mary there, not in flowing robes, and her hair is all done in in you know, and this baby's perfect. She's 
she's got to wrap him in the cloth herself. She's alone. There's no midwife. She's a child herself. And granted, I know that the time frame, she was bride worthy and stuff like that. But but she's alone. I mean, this is an incredibly lonely feat for her. And I don't think that our, even the church and our embracing of Christmas and how we celebrate it, we've we've painted this ill picture because now we are waiting. I mean, in my opinion, I think we are waiting for this baby to come back. And and the fact, fact is that what you, whether you want to hear it or not, Jesus is coming back and he's bringing violence. No, I, I hold And scripture says so. So I want to be able to name songs that you're talking about. And I, I'm drawing a blank. But I can tell you, like, one of my least favorite, it's a beautiful song, um, melody-wise, musically-wise. But one of my least favorite Christmas songs was Mary, Did You Know? <laughs> I hate that song. I, I do, like, every time it comes on, I just, I just, I will look at whoever I'm with and be like, she did. And then just... The, the answer is she did. And, and so I found out today that my praise team's planning to sing it as a special. And so I'm I'm going to insert a slide into the I'm not a slide guy, but I have a slide. I have the old 60s-esque Batman and Robin, where Robin says something and Batman slapping him across the face. Yeah. And Robin's basically saying, Mary, did you know? And Batman's Batman. like, Yeah, she did, and quotes chapter and verse, and I'm putting it up there because she did know. I mean, when you look at the, yeah. the song we should be singing at Christmas. Is Mary's Magnificat when she goes to see her cousin and she sings this song of praise that this this girl who doesn't know what her life is going to be like and is uncertain and she does know because that song she she brings up she brings up the prayer of Hannah in that song that she sings praises to God and and that's what we should be singing absolutely um, not not Mary did you know because I promise you she knew. Oh, I mean, I believe scripture tells us she knew. And God love her. I had this woman that was like, yeah, but but maybe she didn't understand. And that's really what I was like. And she did. She she most certainly did. So. Right. Because what 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 would she have not have understood? I've heard that argument as well. And like, what would she not have understood? I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that when the angel comes to you, and says what the angel said. It's pretty clear what who and what you're having, right? There's there's not a lot of gray area left. No, and so if we go to the word, right in the ES in the ESV, starting at Luke one, starting in, in verse twenty six. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came there and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High and the Lord of God, I'm sorry, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, 
The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. I mean, Mary knew. I mean, yeah, he lays it out for her. Like, there's no real question. And so she's not, she's not ignorant because if you go back, if you then go and read the Magnificat and she quotes Hannah, she wasn't stupid and she knew scripture. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which is, to put it bluntly, like shocking for that time frame, considering she was a woman. For a female of, of that age, meager means. She's poor. She's not wealthy. No, not at all. Um, they they stayed in a manger, right in a in a cave under someone's house, not in a barn like we portray it. In you know, feces. We have all this these nativities with like these cute little barns. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've we've painted before before the hipsters like re you know retooled barns and you know outside of Nashville to have weddings and Christmas parties and that's what we've painted this is like we've got this sort of. You know, it's like the what is it? The Chip and Joanna Gaines came and <laughs> set up the, the barn for for Mary and Joseph to have Jesus in you know the magnolia luxury, the rustic luxury. Shout out to Chip and Joanna Gaines, though, because friends friends in a podcast. Hey, I would love for them to be friends. So if if our thirteen listeners want to get us, and if if you have contact with the Gaineses, I want to be their friend. I mean, yeah, if you're down in Waco, if we have any listeners in Waco. Tell them there are two really weird guys that want to be their friends. Well, um, but yeah, so to answer your question and to kind of to, to pull us up, we're running long. I think that some of the, the light Christian, if that's what we want to call it, or soft Christian, I think is how you put it, music has kind of dampened what what the Advent season is kind of dampened what Christmas is, kind of dampened our whole, really the gospel in general. And and society has continued to pull. We've never been a Christian nation. Um, I will, I will, I'll plant my flag on that hill. Um, but I think as society has pulled, we've become further than we've ever been. And so we've definitely, as a nation, taken Christ out of Christmas. And so as an adult and as a dad, um, pastor, uh, husband, I really like this Advent season is just more of a, you know, the week of hope for me is a hope that the one day my family is going to be restored. Right. I think we joked, uh, before coming on tonight that like, you know, when we get to heaven, you know, I better get the second hug. Jesus is going to, Jesus can have the second because I have hope that, when this life, you know, you you are my best friend, right? I, 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 anybody who has listened to any of this knows, yeah, are beyond super close. Um, oh yeah, but I and and I love my wife more than anyone else in this world. Um, and but I have hope that when when it ends, right? If I go first, or or she goes first, or you go first, like that friendship doesn't end. Like it, it's not like we'll never see. It. I have hope that through Christ coming and conquering and reigning here on earth that that it'll be restored mm-hmm. a that we cannot even imagine now and that so you know when people ask why do you love christmas and trust me they ask and i don't give them this long drawn out answer but the 
the hope of what is to come because of what has happened is why I love Christmas. Now, if if Jesus wants to bless us with that white flaky stuff and I can have a white Christmas and sing that one, I'm here for <laughs> it. And that's my prayer every year. But it's that that anticipation and that hope that, that comes along with it that that I can't really get enough of. And and I think that Advent my hope for Advent is that we we begin to see that he pursued us and he's still pursuing <clears throat> those who don't know him and even those of us that do he's still pursuing us he's <clears throat> he's with us and <clears throat> this is going to be a controversial statement as I'm choking don't don't choke oh, don't do that. Mute your mic. I'll talk for a second. All right. Now I'm back. <laughs> <clears throat> but, I mean, even as Christians, <clears throat> you know, I don't know if any church members listen, of my church members listen to this, but it's okay. They know how I feel. I mean, my sanctuary has way too much. The sanctuary that, you know, we have at church has way too much Christmas decorations in it. And I'm down for a simple hanging in the greens and stuff like that, but there's a lot. But it's not about the trees, right? We know this. It's not about the trees. It's not about presents. It's not about poinsettias. It's not about Santa. It's not about Holly. It's not about Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. It's not about any of that. That when when God came to us, when when Emmanuel came and God was with us and, and Jesus left the comforts and and the wealth and just the beauty of heaven to live amongst us that he could have come as anything, right? He could have come as that nine foot tall giant with laser eyes and annihilated everybody and been the slayer that they thought he should be. But he came as, as the worst thing possible, right? A baby. Babies are amazing, but they're worthless. They don't, they're, they're, they're incredibly fragile. They require all this attention. Um, they can't do anything. They can't take care of themselves. And not only did he send a baby, this, this future king, this king, he came in the worst conditions for a baby to even be born into. But that baby was an act of war, was a declaration of war. And that's what Christmas is about. It is a declaration of war. It is when God came to be with us, to save us, to, to, to live amongst us. It was a declaration of war against sin. And I think that's what we don't see. And, and we, we have lightened up Christmas and the incarnation of Christ with Buddy the Elf and the Bumpus's dogs. Both and, love both of those. And there's nothing wrong with them. Well, but it's not truly Christmas. Oh, absolutely. So... As we're we're nearing the end of the first week of Advent, I know we're going a little long, but I'll I'll, I'll leave you with this. I'll give you the last word. What what are you hopeful for this this first week of Advent? I mean, I know you you talked about it a little bit before, but what's truly what are you truly hopeful for? You know, I, reconciliation, mm. right? And that could that can mean a lot of things for a lot of different people. But like I have absolutely. I have close friends and family who, who aren't believers. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and this is going to be, this sounds like the most stereotypical Christian answer ever. And I get that, but I'm, again, I'm, I'm hopeful that our relationship continues and, and mine and Dr. Wife's relationship continues when this, this life ends because we have hope in another life. Sure. Absolutely. So, but in order for my hope to continue with them, there's going to have to be some reconciliation between them and the Lord. And, and I get that I have sin still in my life that I, I try, you know, I have to reconcile every day um, because I, you know, shocking to hear this. I know uh, I am not a perfect person. Wow. I, I know. Breaking I know. news on the podcast. Hot, dun, 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 dun. hot take, breaking news. Read all about it. But like, I, and there are things that I deal with that, that, you know, I don't share with other people and I, but God knows all that. So I have to reconcile that. And and, and just, I, I pray for those friends and family and I have hope that one day that'll happen. And so that, that's really, that's really what, what my, my week of hope Advent prayer is mm. for just reconciliation, not only spiritual reconciliation, but relationship reconciliation as well. Sure. No, that's a good word. That's that's where I'm at. That's a good word. That's also um, hashtag big word for the week, reconciliation. <laughs> so uh, since you brought up big word, have you discovered what mea culpa is yet? Bro, I'm telling you, I don't. if I can't say it, I probably can't spell it, meaning I can't look it up. <laughs> It's just going to be a running joke. It's it's the, run, it's the running okay. podcast joke. Generally, after we record this, I put my computer down and go straight to bed. So I, by the next morning, I've forgotten to look it up. So I, I got two things. I, I, we, we could wrap up with this. Um, I do think that Advent's a good thing for us to rem- be reminded that we are still in a season of Advent, in Christ's second Advent. And, and this is the little... This is a little thing I I stole from a Presbyterian friend of mine that I've used last week, and I'll use the remaining three, well, three weeks in Christmas Eve of Advent as we light the candles. And I just say, watch and wait for Christ's coming as we light candles of of hope, peace, joy, and love, remembering the promises of God with prayer. And then we go ahead and light this candle. And I think Advent, while it is a season for us to watch and wait for Christ's second coming, um, it is a season for us to remember and reflect on the promises of God and return those with prayer. Yeah, no, that's that's a good word, my friend. And I'll leave you with this. This will give you some grins and giggles. Uh, my father lives in the same time zone as you. Um, I believe my father has always resided in the central time zone. And my, fa- my father, as you love central time, my father claims that central time is American time. And every other time zone is foreign. Look, I haven't told you how much I love Chad's dad. So I thought you could start saying how you live in American time. And we all live in some other foreign time zone. Look, when I call Papa, I'm going to let him know. and he'll. <laughs> I guarantee you he'll like that too. That's going to that's gonna strike something with, I'm telling you. Somehow, I'm pretty sure their paths cross in Vietnam somehow. They, they just don't they know each other. They were in Vietnam at the same time. I think they were in Germany around the same time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They don't know each other, but I'm not convinced. I'm not. Their paths crossed at some point. Yeah, and they're probably friends. 
So, well, brother, I love you. I am thankful for you, and uh, I look forward to. Uh, we could talk more about Advent, and I've got a, I think a, a line of maybe some Christmas themed debates we could have in some future episodes. I'm here um, for Come with please. you. Okay, so here's what we're doing. Come with your top five Christmas songs, but you have to come with more than five because we're going to draft, like NFL-style draft. All right, Christmas songs, Christmas movies. Yeah. And you know what? And you can reach out uh, uh, to us on Twitter. We are at Hill Hipster Pod. And um, those <laughs> nine to 12 of you, uh, share your favorite Christmas songs, favorite, favorite movies. And- nine to 12 friends of the show. That's right. So again, we're on Twitter, as long as Twitter's still existing, at HillHipsterPod, or you can email us at HillHipsterPod at gmail.com. Um, Andy, last word, brother. Hey, have a good week. You have too. a good week. You too, and everybody, be blessed. I love you guys. All right, see ya. Good, 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 good.